I want to talk tonight to you about restoration. And um, we're going to start by, by reading a, a scripture here for you. John chapter 18, verse 33 to 34. And the, the, um, the verses will come up on the screen. I think we go to 36. But they should pop up as I preach if I use my little clicker correctly. So it says, then Pilate, he's the guy who, who was a Roman governor and he was uh, at the trial of Jesus basically as the judge in his trial. It says, then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, this is your own question. Oh, sorry. Is this your own question? Or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think that's it. I've, I've just done that doubled up. There you go. See, the person doing my... PowerPoints did that on purpose to embarrass me. Jesus answered, this is the main thing here, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. My kingdom is not of this world. So the big question, the only question, we need to understand this today, the only question that Jesus was tried on was, are you the king? On that question hinges all of human history. I don't know if you realise that, but Jesus Christ wasn't just a good man. Jesus Christ wasn't just a prophet or, or a philosopher. He is the Son of God and he is the King of Kings. And he was put on trial by, basically by Satan himself in a court on earth to try the Son of God. So... That word that, that I've, I've started off with, I'll just go back one, restoration. The, it's, we might think it's the action of returning something to its former glory. You know, we, we have that program, who likes that, that show, uh, Rick's Restorations, where they bring in all kinds of old stuff and they turn it back into its original condition. And uh, I don't even know if, if it's real. I don't know if that's just a, a pretend, but I'm going to go to wherever it is in America. I'm going to suss it out and meet him, bring in some old piece of junk and say, make this, restore this for me. But so we, we often have the, 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 this understanding. Well, if we're talking about restoration, we're thinking of bringing back something that was broken, something that was worn out, um, something that's all rusty, and, and you know, fixing it up to its original condition, how it came out of, the, out of its first factory or whatever. That, that's what we have in our mind, but the word restoration has a much greater meaning that has been forgotten in the English language. So I'm going to teach you what the word really means tonight. Is that okay? Who's ready? Put your seatbelts on. Because I was, I was surprised to find out what this word restoration means in its original English. It means to return a monarch. A monarch is a king or a queen. So when we think of that word restoration, it means to bring back the king. 
We see the story in, in, in the Bible of, of uh, uh, where, the, where the king, if you know the story, King David, he was the monarch. He was deposed from his leadership, from being the king. And eventually he's brought back, he's restored to the kingdom. So this is a really important word that we need to understand the power of that in our own spiritual walk, that uh, when we, we want to be restored spiritually, it all hinges back on putting the king back in the right place. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we have our common use of the word and we have a historical meaning that we've largely forgotten until tonight. And so you're going to go away saying, I'm going to have a restoration work in my life every day. And we can do it. It's not about going to Rick's restorations and he's going to fix you all up. Because I'm going to show you tonight how how God is going to do something in your life that you don't have to take yourself anywhere to do. Except maybe come to church every now and then. God is in the restoration business. And it has two meanings. But both require our part. So, spiritual restoration, it begins by bringing back the king. As we just discovered, restoration means to return a monarch to his place or her place. And spiritual restoration happens in our lives and change takes place. And you know, one of the saddest things is when we, when we realize that we've gone through life, gone through a period of time, and we think, but I never changed. I'm largely still the same. I think the same. I eat the same. I have the same friends. I have the same job. And, and we just go on and on and on in life. And we think if we turn and look back, we think, I didn't change. But one of the things I believe is, is paramount to our Christian experience, our born-again experience, is that we change from who we were to who God wants us to be. And, and that is a constant discovery as long as we're living as long as we're here on earth we should be on that journey so if we come to anywhere near living and knowing the power of jesus in our lives it starts with god in our life in the rightful place and sadly i think that there's there's so many people who who have a church experience but somewhere in that church experience they might love the worship they might love the lights. They might love the air conditioning. They might love all these different things about that experience, but never truly come to that place where they say, I'm going to return the monarch to his place in my life and start the journey of restoration. At the point of believing in Jesus, when we say, Jesus, come into my life, we call that the born again experience. We ask him to be our savior. We can often overlook the need to honour him as Lord and King. So we can make a, an intellectual decision. And many people only, only make that intellectual decision. They think, well, I came to, came to know God. I understood some things and it sort of made sense. So I made a decision in my head, but largely it didn't really affect too much about my life. And and didn't really go on a journey of discipleship, didn't go on a journey of discipline. I just thought, well, I, I like this idea of being saved, having salvation, and, and some of these benefits that I, that I get, but somehow the king is somebody else. And restoration, if we're going to um, discover the full power of that in our lives, we've got to return the monarch. 
We've got to put the king back where he belongs. Restoration in our spiritual being has to start with restoring the monarch to his place of authority. If you're taking notes, write that down. Because we often have questions. Well, why is there no victory in my life? Why is there no healing? Why is there, there, there none of the things? Why is there no happiness? Christianese word for that is joy. And often it's because we're thinking, well, God, I, I, I like some benefits, but I don't really need you to be my monarch in my life, my king. Pretty heavy-duty stuff. That means ultimately we've got to cross over from our will, our demands, our plans, and say, God, what is it that you want from me? Because sometimes it's, it's very, very common for us to say, well, God, this is what I want from you. So we have like, a, like a, 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 a whole list of things. Well, God, if you do this for me. God, if you do that for me. God, if you, if, you, if you do all these things for me, then I know you're real. God says, if you do what I want, then you'll know that I'm real. When we understand this part, it makes sense how God works to restore broken and the missing parts of life. It's like when you, when you want to make something work. Who, who, who does um, projects? All the men with their sheds. I start lots of projects, but I very rarely finish them. But about our lives being changed, our second part, that can be like those projects that we start. Sometimes we start a, a project of us. Think, I'm going to work on my life. Often we call that at the beginning of the year a New Year's resolution. I'm going to work on me. I'm going to change. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to give up. I'm going to, I'm going to start. We have all these things that we give ourselves to do. and Because we want, to, we want to make ourselves the project. But sometimes those projects in our, in our yard or in our shed, they, they just sit there. And maybe it's an intention to get to that one day. But one day I'm going to work on my, my inner issues, but we somehow just never get there. And in, mo in most cases, our projects are stalled. Uh, if it's a you know, big project, you might think, well, I haven't got time. Sometimes you think, well, I haven't got the money. Sometimes we think, well, I just haven't got the, the knowledge, don't know how, I need someone to help me. But most of our projects are stalled for one reason or another and we don't, we don't know how to break out of that. And if you look in my shed, I've just got lots of things everywhere, lots of projects, but I don't want to have that in my spiritual life. Spiritually, we can look at life and think, well, I'll get to that one day. Uh, when I have more time, when, when I have more money, I'll work on those issues. But right now I'm just preoccupied because I've, I've got to do other things. But restoration in our inner world begins with a restoration of monarchy. Who are we giving constitutional power to? That's, a, that's an important word. Because God has given you the constitutional power over your life and who, who is going to be king. That's called your free will. That's the most amazing thing about, about Jesus is because he doesn't come saying, you know, I, I'm going to demand because of who I am that people follow me, that people listen to me, that I, that I force people to be my followers. 
He gives every single person the free will decision. That's the most incredible thing about being a follower of Jesus. But that free will is a, a powerful part of worship and honouring God. Because without that, then we're, we're just like mechanical things. But God doesn't want us to be like that. But God gives us constitutional power. And that's where our restoration begins in our lives. I want us to just briefly, so we can understand some background, and I'm not talking for very long tonight, but we need to know the origin of sin or what the original sin is. Because I know if you use that word, the original sin, we think, ah, oh, tell me, what do we think? Adam and Eve. Did you know something that wasn't the original sin? We think the original sin was Adam and Eve because God told Adam, don't eat from this tree, and then his wife went and she ate it and she said, wow, that is amazing. And then she said to her husband, hey, you got to you know, we all know that story and we call that the original sin. But that's not uncommon for us to think that. You know, it happened actually a long time before that. If you look at Isaiah chapter 14, it describes the origin of sin and the originator of it being Satan. So if you look at, uh, if you've got your Bibles there, turn to Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 13. I think I've got it here. No, I've got it there. This is the original sin. And this is Satan, the devil, speaking these words. He said, I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. That happened in heaven. The devil was a, you know, Satan was actually an angel, one of the most glorious angels that ever was. He was a worship, like the worship leader in heaven. And his job was to worship God and to, to lead the angels in worship. And, and somewhere in all of that, he, he started to think, well, I think I deserve this worship. I think I deserve to be like God. And he said, I'm going to go to the highest heavens and I'll be like the most high. I'll be like God. These words were uttered by the devil, declaring and rejecting God's sovereignty and that is what sin is. You don't have to be a bad person. That's a big question people say, but I'm a good person. I, I've never done anything really wrong. I don't have a bad heart. But the original sin started when Satan said, I don't need God. I'll be my own God. Jesus' plan brings people back to God. Jesus' plan when we voluntarily say, Jesus, I accept your death, your sacrifice, and believe in your resurrection, we're saying, God, we're putting you as sovereign again. We're making you the king. In Acts 3, verse 21, it says this, For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration. So right now, where is Jesus? He's in heaven. For the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. See, the final restoration is this. Jesus didn't have to come to earth to prove he was the king of kings. He didn't have to prove anything to the Romans. He didn't have to prove anything to the Jews. And you know something? He doesn't have to prove anything to you because he just is the king of kings. And people say, well, I don't know if God is real. The Bible tells us that God reveals himself in creation. 
God reveals himself in so many ways and so, so often we've built barriers in our lives and we've thought, well, you know, I can't see God. I don't want to see God. So we've closed that part of our lives. The thing that I find most amazing is so many people that I know personally have told me that they don't believe there is a God. They don't believe that there is anything out there. And yet somehow God has revealed himself to them and they've come to know him as their Lord and Savior. And they've placed him in the rightful place of monarchy in their life. Jesus came to earth to reveal himself as God, to be completely holy, to be a completely holy sacrifice, to make a way for anyone who would turn to him and be born again. I'd just like to pray with you this morning, or oh, this evening, I keep saying this morning, must be hanging out for a morning preach. Just close your eyes today. And perhaps you're here, you're here and you're thinking, well, I think I'm ready to accept Christ as King and Lord and Saviour. Perhaps you've been in church for a long, long, long time. And something I've said tonight has sparked something and you, you think, well, I need to have a change of monarch in my life. I need to start the, the process of restoration by placing God in the place as the constitutional monarch in my, in my life, as my saviour. And as we come to give ourselves to God and give him that part of our life and surrender our lives to God and his monarchy, you know what we find spiritual wholeness, we find a restoration that can't be found anywhere else. And when we're truly restored, and that's often what we long for, what we desire in our life is saying, God, I want to be, I want to be whole. I want to be complete. I, I want to be, I want to be at one with, with you, Lord God. It's not really all that hard. We just have to say, Jesus, I'm going to bring you back as the rightful king in my life. I'm going to put you in the rightful place where your will comes first. And that sounds so easy to speak about, but it's so hard to, to live out. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? God wants to do something supernatural today. He wants to do something powerful today in your life. And I, as, as uh, the service was going through our songs tonight, I really sense there are people in your, your battle in life. It looks like you've, you've thought. Now, I'm speaking to specific people here today, so this may not be for everybody. But your battle with life has been, you, you've struggled with God being king and it's been played out in your life because you've never been able to settle anywhere. You've thought, well, maybe, I, maybe I, you believe in God and maybe you've got that part right, but, but something's been messed up and, and life hasn't worked out how you thought it should. So you thought, well, it's probably where I'm living. So you've moved. You've thought, well, maybe I'm in the wrong church. And so you've, you've, you've never been settled in a church. You've never really connected yourself in. You've never really trusted pastors. You've, you've never really anchored yourself. I want to tell you something. 
sometimes we think, well, why is, why is my life not where I thought I could be? Or why am I in this constant feeling that I've never, I'm never growing spiritually? You know something? If, you, if you're not anchored in a local place, in a, in a church where you're nurtured and you're grown and you're watered and fed, then what you do is every time you pick yourself up, and some people just do this week by week, they just don't belong in any, they go, oh, we just go to church wherever. But what you're actually doing is you're picking yourself up and you're chopping your roots off. And then you're replanting yourself just for a week in, in a pot. And you're thinking, why do I feel sick spiritually? Why am I, why am I never growing? Why, why are the leaves of my life falling off? Why is there no fruitfulness? Why is there, why is there no fruit in me? Well, you can't expect fruit to grow if you don't have roots down deep. And I'm not telling you, this is not a commercial for one heart. Because God will tell you where he wants you to be, where you're going to grow, where you're going to be, where you're going to be nurtured. But for some of you, that is here. But all I'm saying is where you live, where you are. It's a guaranteed thing. If you say, God, I want to put my roots down into good soil, then you're going to see the leaves come back. You're going to see fruit grow. You're going to have blossoms in your life. You're going to be productive. You're going to be a blessing. And we've confused all that to think, well, God, if I'm going to be a blessing, then, then I need to be rich. I need to be have all this stuff. You know, it's not all of that. It's about having a deep inner relationship. And it all starts when we're able to say, God, it's not my will, but your will be done because I'm going to have you in the rightful place. I'm going to return the monarch to the throne. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord... I just pray today for those people who are feeling disconnected in life, who are feeling never being able to quite put their finger on things, never being able to quite know where they belong. I pray today, and you know who those people are, Lord. Right now, you begin to touch individuals, personally, individually, preciously today. I pray, Lord God, that the devil's plan be untied in their life. I pray in the name of Jesus that there be a release, that there be a, a switch in their speaking, a switch in their understanding, that they begin to say, Lord, I'm bringing you back to your rightful place in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray over, over people here who are just saying, oh, I want to believe. I want to believe in Jesus. The Lord just wants you to know today that he says, welcome home. Welcome home. The word of God says if we confess our sins and believe in Jesus, turn from those things then Jesus will save us. We use that word save to mean he'll bring us into right relationship with God. Again, that's called restoration. And it's a great start point, a start point to living your life with a new purpose and a new spiritual direction. So perhaps if that's you here tonight without anyone looking around, without any, uh, again, just to give, this, give people privacy tonight, if you think, I want to give my life to God, I want to make that decision to serve him. Why don't you slip up your hand and I'll see it. I want to pray with you. Thank you. I see that hand.
Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else here tonight? Lord, I just pray for those people who've raised their hand. That, Lord, you begin tonight a great work of restoration, a great work of healing. Lord, a, a putting down of something supernatural into their heart today that they can never deny, that they can say, God, you've been so good to me and I know my life has changed. So, Lord, I pray over our whole church tonight that we may bring the monarch back, that we may bring the king back to his rightful place. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us, you want to lift us, and you have a great purpose for us. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.